Welcome back to Pardon the Paranormal. I am Mark, the guy behind the computer, the nerd, the editing guy. This is your host, none of your business, Jason Tyler. How are you doing today, buddy? What do you mean by none of my business? Or none of your, or none of the, or none of the people's business listening? I'm, I was referencing that you're not a nun. You said you weren't, you might have been a nun or you weren't a nun or whatever you said last week. I just meant none, N-U-N, of your business. That one went right over your head, didn't it? Anyway, so... <laughs> I, try, I try wrapping them all together. You you try a lot harder than I do. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. This one... A lot's going on, but there's not a lot going on. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to be completely honest because I'm going to say exactly what I just said when we were off the air. I don't, I don't really go like do any information gathering before I turn on an episode of Ghost Adventures. I'll go through Discovery Plus. I'll be like, eh, that one, and I'll click it, and then I'll watch it. And I'll take notes. So what pulled you to this one then? I uh, just randomly pushed you on it. Oh, okay. I, my th- button in the way and it just came on and I was just like I guess we're watching this one so it's not a bad episode it's not a bad episode I listen it's like a movie we, we talked about the nun last week at least we got some type of resolution at the end or or something it, it's one of those thrillers or spooky movies or whatever that you know now there's a part two coming but you don't know when the hell a part two is coming and it's 20 years later or whatever are we ever going to get a part two of Metlin? No. Exactly. <laughs> no. So, so it's like, it's a good, it's a good episode. Uh, I mean, I mean, what can I tell you? I mean. I hope you tell us something or we're not going to have any content for this one. Okay. Well, uh, we can you come up with none puns for. Thirty. <laughs> I can't think that fast. I can plug my... Yeah, never mind. Anyway, Hotel Metlin, uh, located in, in Dillon, Montana. The hotel was 32,000 square feet. So the the hotel was built by J.C. Metlin in 1897. And uh, the hotel was now defunct, but the bars are still open. And the third floor at the time of recording the episode for Ghost Adventures... Uh, was locked for up to 20 years. No one ever went upstairs. So, you know, if the spirits can get restless up there, nothing happens. It's their area. You open those floodgates and they can go. 
But they legit put this on the natural the national registry of historical places. Like yeah. this is this is a place. It, yeah. it, I, I've never heard of it. That this is yeah. a place. That it's you you don't put my house or your house on historical places. So it had to have something big to do around it. And I'll just wait until my videos on the hub starts to go and then where I grew up is gonna be. I'm kidding, I'm not on Pornhub. If if I was on Pornhub, I would not be doing this podcast. So OnlyFans. Yeah. I'd be in LA fucking porn stars, not, you know. Poor Tessa. This- Look out, Tessa. He's coming back. He's coming back for you. Anyways. So um there was a lot of there were suicides at this hotel. Uh, and Philly Saxon is the owner of Hotel Metlin. And she is always reluctant to go up to the third floor. And she actually put the hotel up for sale. Uh, Philly says that she was cutting the carpet one day. And they're just interviewing her, trying to get some information out of her. And uh, Philly says she was cutting the carpet. And when she saw a huge shadow, she accidentally gigged her thigh, cut herself in the thigh. Uh, Wait a minute. You, you didn't even give a huge backstory on this. Like... The the hotels, as we said, is over like 120 years old. But yeah. it, there was prior to Philly even owning this, there was not just suicides. There was just a mass amount of deaths in this place, like almost you know, every room. I do that, almost I like I every room had a death in it. Really? Yeah. This is. I I watched a couple other things too. I'm doing homework nowadays. Yeah, it's about time, right? It's about damn time. Um, no, uh, there, there was like, what other hotel did we cover that had like deaths uh, uh, strewed everywhere? This is essentially the same thing. Like, there was just mass te- deaths in this place. Uh, essentially, that's why uh, floor three is uh uh-uh. uh. Um, I'm, I'm looking at. I have a list on my phone of all the episodes we've done, so I don't do the same one over again because my brain is fried. It starts with an M. The Marizic. There's another hotel. I'm not going to the the podcast homepage to look them up right now because sometimes the what one? Is it Manresa? I think so. I digress. Go ahead. Oh, anyways, I forgot to tell you. I'm probably you remember Haunted Case Cross from uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, in Utah. You're going there. Uh, guess whose friend lives ten minutes away? You're effing kidding me. <laughs> when is this trip happening? I uh, no idea. Uh, she was in from Utah this past week, and we talked about it. Probably sometime in the summer. You better be sending pictures for the for the pages then. I will, for sure. Uh, one weekend I'll just get bored and fly out to Utah. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but no, where were we? Um, the third floor yeah. is locked was the last thing we said. Yeah, she's, she, she was. So I guess you did. You found a lot more on this than I did. And you watched more stuff on it than I did. But uh, which I'm grateful and appreciative of because. There's not enough hours in the day to do every, uh, all the research. So it's good that two of us are doing it. So Well, sometimes uh, it's on road trips, <clears throat> and I, I don't condone this. Sometimes it's on road trips 
when you're coming back from wrestling shows that you have TV playing as well in your car. Especially yeah. when you're stuck in traffic for an hour. I'm not bad with that. <laughs> no. Um, anyways, before I start telling stories. So, anyways, uh, Bailey Murphy, uh, who worked there, I don't know if he still does, uh, used to DJ at the bar. And uh, he said a dark cloud came over him one night when he was DJing. And he saw an empty bar. And previously, a second before, the bar was packed to the brim. Because I guess it's in, like, a college town. Uh, so Bailey said at least four minutes passed where he lost control of his body. And it is said that he was possibly possessed. And not possessions don't only happen from, at least from what I remember, they don't only happen from demons. Or do they? I, th- this is, this is where you're the, the, the expert. I've heard of ghost possession before. Let me look it up real quick. Like, I'm, we're going to have to have filler for this episode anyways, because there's not a lot going on. So, uh, ghost possession. But essentially, as Jason's looking that up, four minutes of his life just staring as he's DJing at a crowd that is no longer there. Just this, I don't say like a funnel cloud, but just like thunderstorm cloud is the way that I put it. Just engulfed the the club, essentially. Just boom. And he's just yeah. staring. A study in 1969. <laughs> 69. Study, study funded by the National Institute of Mental Health. Spirit possession beliefs were found to exist in 74% of a sample of 488 societies in all parts of the world. So there is... Uh, 488 societies where 74% of them think that spirit possession exists. I knew for a fact I've heard of spirit like ghost possession before. It's not just demonic possession. Sometimes a spirit um, can take control and alter shit too. Uh, they don't do like, they don't fucking, you know. They just, they just hold you. They kind of like retain you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a demonic possession where, they're trying to harm people. Sometimes spirits can take control of someone's body. I knew I heard about it. Now I feel dumb for not knowing it off the top of my head. But these chair shots have taken their tool on me. I, I ain't going to stop. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, he's, yeah, that dark cloud and he lost four minutes. And uh, they said it was a possible spirit possession. Uh, Dorothea, uh, Sandy, which is Dorothea's daughter, and a family friend, Anne in Philly, we're at a restaurant and Dorothea was asking what she wanted, what they all wanted when she died. So Dorothea was like the owner of the place. Uh, she asked all these people, what do you want of mine when I die? And Philly said she wanted her to break a glass after she passed away. That way she'd know that there was a spirit world. So a couple days after Dorothea passed in the hotel, a glass exploded off the table. Um, and it, that was and not like on the corner that it just tipped over or anything. It was a legit in the middle of the table. Yeah. And uh, there's more. Uh, there's more uh, spirit uh, sightings. So a former employee, Amber, saw a white figure in a dress on the dance floor around two or three in the morning after Dorothea passed away. And I did do some research on the Internet. 
to try to find it. And it is said that a female apparition in a white dress is seen a good bit. And she's always in a good mood. And she is said to enjoy the bar, the stage, and the dance floor. And uh, she's even been seen in room 19, which is directly above the dance floor. So not only do they think Dorothea's ghost is there, but they also think that this lady in white is also seen. Who's in a good mood? So there you go. She's not being a Debbie Downer in the afterlife. So She's ready to party. She's ready to party. Uh, so uh, Bailey said that Dorothea is entering his dreams. And Bailey is like some young 25-year-old kid who does the DJing and stuff. But he lives on the second floor. And he's never met Dorothea in his whole life. And he says that he has dreams of Dorothea thanking him for taking care of the hotel. Because he's the only one that stays there. He's like the groundskeeper. He's like, make sure everything stays in working order. And Dorothea, who put her heart and soul into this hotel, is grateful for him uh, being there. So she thanks him in his dreams. Uh, so I just hope ghosts that I know, people who passed away, can't get into my dreams. Because my head's a... They don't want to see what's... I would, I would almost love to be a ghost in your head sometimes. <laughs> I don't even want to be in my own head. Nonetheless, you guys trust me. <laughs> but, by the by, the way, if you ever look up Hotel Metlin, like I really like this place. If I had like one point three million dollars, is what it's going for. I, I might, I might buy it. I, it, it is just a classic uh, hotel, you know. It's boxy, but you know you could turn it into one hell of a house or man cave or anything. Like this is probably besides the castles that we talked about. This is one of my favorite places that that we talked about uh, structurally wise. I I just there's something about it that I'm like it's creepy enough, but you could pull it off to be a pretty awesome pad. I've heard of some haunted strip clubs. I'm not even joking. They've come across my computer a couple of times either people sending them to me or not if we're talking about places i want to you know you want a haunted strip club of course you would yeah i'm sure there's a lot of, of children uh dead on the floor of that you never jesus christ there's a lot of wasted children on the floor of those hotels or those, those strip clubs. there's the filler that you were looking for <laughs> jesus uh so Philly says that she has found uh, a bunch of hot objects hidden in the wall, like coins that were found and is said to be circa 1800. Uh, so there's a lot of unexplained noises were heard during the interview. So they're interviewing uh, Philly in these uh, in this place and they're renovating it and they found all this stuff in the wall. And in 1976, Everett Pearson shot himself at the hotel. Now, see, that's the, what I heard was the lone suicide. Every other one was um, a killing over uh, maybe a disagreement, maybe uh, essentially a card game, maybe a, a marital dispute or something like that. Evans was the lone suicide that I, that I came in, you know, to hear. Yeah. And uh, he was a rancher. So a pair of spurs were found in 1977, a year after he died in one of the rooms. So it's said that those were her spurs. Uh, and it said, okay, now, yeah, they did mention it. Because they say, because they were at some uh, place and this guy just started uh, 
rattling off names of people who died at the hotel. J.C. Metlin, Robert Wing, and many more died in the hotel. So I didn't get like, I got like two names and then et cetera, because there's a bunch of people. They didn't list them all. Uh, you know, in the recorder during the interview, they got an EVP and Philly says that she sounded like Dorothea during the EVP. So she recognized Dorothea's voice through the recorder, which I thought was neat. Saying thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially yeah. for continuing what she started and all of that. Yeah. It's the way yeah. that I took it. And a side note, I, I investigated my grandmother's old house after she passed away. And uh, my grandfather passed away, too. So we were doing the thing and we found my grandmother's voice on the recorder. And I played it for my mom. She's like, yeah, that's definitely. She, we got both my grandfather and my grandmother's voice. So that, Why did that, you ever bring this up about 30 episodes? I don't even know which number we're on right now, honestly. But uh, why didn't you bring this up? That's really cool. Well, yeah, I have a bunch of stories. It just yeah, I got to think of like something's got to jog my memory so I can think about it and be like, oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. So, yeah. So my grandmother, she was on hospice. So like they would come give her baths, feed her, move her around so she'd be comfortable and she would groan all the time. And I was doing an EVP session at the house, and we get a bunch of, like, groaning sounds. And I'm like, and I was playing it back for my mom. She's like, that's your grandmother. Like, those were the noises she'd make whenever the hospice people were taking care of her and stuff like that. And then my, we got my grandfather's voice in the kitchen. I, it's on my phone somewhere. I'll have to show it to you uh, and everyone. But, uh Yeah. It's it's my mom was very taken aback whenever she heard someone who she heard someone's voice through, even though they're not around anymore. So Philly was like, oh, my God, you know, that's Dorothea. She's probably very emotional about it, too. Uh, and now we're at the investigation. Uh, as the investigation is getting started, they start hearing crashing and screaming from the third floor. Remember, the third floor hasn't been opened in 20 years. Decades, so, yeah. Yeah, so the ovul on the ovulus, which is the uh, machine that has the database of words that pop up, and the spirits can manipulate the energies, uh, the electromagnetic field around the device to pick words to pop up on the screen. They got found, look, and ran, all three of those words. Then they get great Nana. Then they get a cold figure walking. So the best piece of evidence I think that they got this whole thing was this thermal imaging camera. So the thermal imaging camera, if you shoot it in a direction, it'll pick up all the temperatures of everything in that camera shot, whether it's hot, cold. And if it's hot, it'll be orange. If it's cold, it'll be blue. Um, so they were shooting it in a certain direction. No one was standing there, and they just get a cold, like hunched over, cold figure walking past the thermal camera in front of it. Which, like I said, is probably any any time you can get visual evidence instead of audio evidence, uh, it trumps audio evidence every time because you actually can see it. You can put a figure to it or something like that. And it was really cold. Like it was a. <laughs> Not just like a sky blue or anything. It was like a, a royal blue. Like it was one of the coldest. I think Zach said he's seen. Yeah, I've, if that's like I don't remember that, but I I, I trust you. 
Uh, but yeah, that, that was definitely really cool. And then back on the obvious, they get begged and malevolent. So malevolent means like, let me look up the actual, it doesn't mean good. Uh, cause, cause they say malevolent, uh, if you're a malevolent spirit, you should know stuff about us. And uh, it said 40. Why can I not spell? Jeez. Wow. Words are hard sometimes. Word English is hard. It is. So, uh, malevolent, the definition is having or showing a wish to do evil to others. So, yeah, not good stuff. So, uh, Zach asked, well, if you're malevolent, then you're going to know stuff about us. So what's our age? And I said 40. And Aaron is the only 40-year-old in the group uh, at the time of the shooting of this episode. And then the ovulus said closet. So uh, as Aaron is about to go, in, so they, they hear like footsteps, I believe it was. They heard something above them. And there's like a little attic space or another room above them. Uh, Eric goes to go up the steps and they heard a big crash in the closet and they literally just got the word closet on the ovulus. So when Aaron went up in that room, he found a dead bird and they found a bird egg sitting on, it was like a staircase and there was a room under the staircase. There was like a bird egg sitting perfectly on one of the beams uh, under the staircase. And uh, at this point, this is where Zach padlocked Aaron in the third floor by himself. Because Fuck the running joke, that. The running joke on Ghost Adventures is like Aaron just gets like the ass end of everything. And just like Zach's like doesn't Zach kind of bullies him. And he's like, no, you're doing it. And just padlocks him in. He's like, you're getting affected. You're getting the most stuff. You're going to do it. And it's like he just locks him in. I, Zach is like the lead investigator. So I guess he's got the pool. But uh uh, Aaron did an SB7 spirit box or SB11 because there's a difference but not a difference just upgraded equipment he does a spirit box session and uh, he gets a woman's voice saying taken and this is the funny part this might be better than the thermal imaging thing so a woman's voice says taken and then uh, he gets want some and then be gentle and then they're like Zach's like, did Aaron walk into a sexual encounter? Like, taken, want some, be gentle. And then uh, I'm like, Aaron's getting cucked by two ghosts. And then uh, he gets, you're welcome. And yeah, on like a really sexual yeah, too, on the spirit box. And then Eric start, Aaron starts to panic when he hears loud footsteps. And then he goes into like a full-fledged anxiety attack. And then they get up to grab him. So let me ask you this. Like, he, he was supposedly the first one in in decades, this, that, and the other. It's been padlocked and everything. Even though that, and I'm going to say this wrong, so you correct me anyway, they were playing around. Even with that little bit of just throwing him in, isn't that just enough to release, you know, the demons, the, the Kraken, and, and everything? Just that real quickness? Or does it have to be open for an extended period of time for everything to make its way out. I don't think there's a set, like there's so much we don't know. Right. Cause there's like a science book on this stuff. So it's like, I can see where like it's locked up for 20 years and the spirits are up there. And like, uh, all of a sudden, you know, it gets opened up and these guys come in and it can make them restless and it can make them like, well, what the fuck's going on? 
And uh, I see where that might be. Like I said, there's no like set. This is what happens when after 20 years, this, that takes this long to seep out this long to fucking do this or that. So there's no really like textbook answer. Okay. Okay. But uh, because as we know, spirits don't, they travel from house to house or city to city. Sometimes they're like, they don't, they don't need to be there. If they really wanted to, they'd be like, yeah, peace out. I'm going to go out this window and go wherever I want to, to Guam and celebrate. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's, that's part of, uh, that's part of the, uh, thing that intrigues me is we don't know. Cause like, what's, what's the, what's the biggest question on this earth? Pretty much what happens when you die? Like all of us are going to die at some point. Yeah. So the people who are interested in like, well, there's definitely something up. There's ghost. Like there's definitely like something going on. So like, let's figure this out. So we know stuff before we actually die. So we can either do better in the spirit world or know what happens. And it just goes back to your religious beliefs and stuff like that. But Uh, let me, let me stir the pot to continue stirring the pot. Are they going to give us enough? Because, listen, I believe that they are smarter than us, more intelligent than us, and they they know what they can feed us. They're just going to keep dangling that low-hanging fruit, that apple in front of us to want us to want more, but they'll never really say, ha-ha, here it is, this is what you really have to do. They want us to kind of figure it out ourselves, but sometimes... We're just stupid, and I don't mean that mean across the board, but we're just stupid that we're looking at A when it should have been D that we're looking at, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's part of the thing that intrigues me is, like I said, we don't know what happens. And one day I think someone's going to either A, figure it out, or we're all going to die trying. So. I, I'm going to go with the latter. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, trust me, if I figure, if I die and I figure out how this all ticks, just expect me at your foot and like at the foot of your bed. And we're going to have like, uh, we're going to have all these episodes listed. And then 20 years later, there'll be a, the, like a, like a epilogue episode where Mark's like, yeah, Tyler came and was watching me in my sleep. Okay. This sounds weird. And he, and he told me what happens when I die. So yeah. What? So <sighs> I, because of age, I I would have to come back to you if if we do natural selection the way that you know things happen, I would go first and have to come back to you. I mean, we got fucking twenty years difference between me and you, bro. Um, so it would be me coming back to you. But shit happens. I understand. God, we're going yeah. down a crazy ass path today. I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. You you are strippers and you're going to fucking Utah. <laughs> So, so a glass object. Let's get back on track. So, a glass object was found like there was in the. It was like in the way. Like there was no way that this glass object or whatever object will like, couldn't have been stepped on. But when they go to let Aaron out, they find this this object on the floor, like right in the middle of the walkway. And they look back and they. Uh, uh, they see the tape it's like uh it was sitting in the chair so it moved from the chair to the floor and none of the guys moved it so how did that thing get there who knows uh while using the paranormal puck two device they called bailey the the housekeeper uh 
And when asking, do you like Bailey living there? They get necessary. Like it's necessary that he's there to keep the place running. Uh, when asking Bailey can what Bailey can do to help, they get phone. And he was on the phone. He was FaceTiming Zach. Uh, then at this point, they hear footsteps. And when asking the spirit's name, they get tub and crossover. And then they get the name Karen. So they're trying to piece. Like it's not set in stone. It's not facts. They're trying to piece over little by little. Okay, is this is the spirit's name Karen? And she killed herself in the tub and crossed over. And then when asking what room she died in, they get resent. Like she resents what she did. And at this point, Zach was getting physically affected because this whole time he's like the conduit between Bailey and the spirit because he's holding the phone. And then at this point, it kind of gets funny. Uh, Jay gets the so they pull. They're like, none of us want to go in the basement, but one of us has to. So they all put like papers in a hat or something. And three of them have an X and one of them have a check mark. And Jay Wosley gets the check mark. But he isn't given any light. He isn't given any, like, equipment to see. He's just got to feel around. So before he even gets down to the basement, he fell into the door and hit his head off the door. And it was, and he laid there for, like, a couple minutes. I'm like, come on. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Literally, he didn't even, maybe I'm just, my body used to getting hit. But, like, he didn't even hit the door hard. Like, come on, my guy. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, definitely was not uh, a tough shot. No. And then he falls down again. And they were just like, yeah, he's going to kill himself. So let's stop. Uh, I've never seen someone so uncoordinated. And that's coming from me. But uh, that was the episode. Uh, So I did some online homework. Uh, Not as much as you because you found all these information on these people dying. Well, the hotel is still for sale on their website. You said, what, 1.3 mil? Yeah. And, uh, And then once... Uh, it was a very back in the early days when people used to use the railroad, it was within walking distance from the railroad stop. So it was really busy. But whenever people stopped, you know, using the railroad because airplanes and bullshit, uh, the business dried up. So that's when everything started really downward spiraling for the hotel. And then uh, the hotel was put on the National Registry of Historic Places on December 13th, 1983. How do you feel about Bailey? Uh, how how do you think Bailey feels? Let me re- reiterate that. That the spirits say that he's necessary. He should be walking around with the biggest set of nuts right now saying, that's fucking right, the afterlife is saying, I'm the man. I'm the man here. I'd be all... I, I figured that would a point that you were like, man, I wish I was Bailey. No, I would like... If, like I said before, if we were in a strip club and the strip and all this goes for, it's like, yeah, Tyler runs shit. He's the big dog around here. But like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So essentially, you're the same way. Maybe yeah. not the Metlin, but you want a haunted strip club. We got it. Yeah. I, I doubt that they're $1.3 billion, so, or million dollars, so we'll have to look into that. Yeah. I'll start saving my pennies. Start saving your pennies. What else do you got? Nah, that's all I got. That's a great ending point. That is a great ending point. Next week, guys, Annabelle Creations. Um, not the guess, not the best movie, and uh, we'll we'll save that there for other reasons. But Jason will break it down for you, right? Yes. Okay. It was, it was 
one of my favorite movies in the whole series. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about it next week. It's going to be a good one. All right, guys. Pardon the paranormal.